Are you looking for a great podcast for your drive to work? Do you want to laugh so hard the beer shoots out of your nose? Hopefully, those aren't happening at the same time. But you've come to the right place. You're listening to the Cozy History Podcast. Welcome back to the Cozy History Podcast. The coziest podcast with the best researched history in the game. That's true. I'm one of your hosts. I'm one of your hosts, Sam, here. And I'm, I'm joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Parker. No, I'm just kidding. Austin. Baka, baka, baka. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, you probably just heard my phone fall. I'm trying to get a good position to put it in. We, um, we record separately and then FaceTime each other whenever we record these. and So we can see... Each other's beautiful faces. Yeah, it's very nice. It's always too long. <laughs> yeah. Are you drinking a nice cold beverage right now? The mounds are blue right now. And I see you got... Is Hell that yeah. a... Oh. Miller High Life. The champagne of beers. Some call it the champagne of beers. And I hope that our listeners... Go ahead. We usually say it in the middle of the episode, sometimes the end. But go grab a beer right now. Pause the podcast. Go grab a beer Get nice and comfortable, get nice and cozy, and get ready. Sam already knows the topic that I'm covering today, right? I can't remember. Give me some hints, and I'll see if I can guess them. Uh, rapper's name. It's usually Tupac. this, and then man. Headlines across the country. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci man. You know, it's Gucci man. You can... I'm glad you don't remember. This, and then man. You can look up... The day you were born, and then this, and then man, and that's your alter ego. It's another persona. I feel like it's so, I should know. It's a rapper. And it's a place. And paka, paka, paka. Florida, Florida man. Florida. The history of Florida. The history. The history of Florida. The history of Florida. Oh, this is going to be a great one. I um, was so lucky, and I am so grateful, that one of my friends actually has a house in Fort Myers, and I was recently able to go there. And when I was there, I said, I'm going to do the history of Florida. It's a very interesting place. It's kind of a huge peninsula off the United States, tons of coastland. Kind of. It's kind of the dick of the U.S. if you look at the map. It's kind of the huge slong of the U.S. And I really respect them because you got Baja on one side. And the U.S. Mm. doesn't even own that. That's Mexico's kind of little dong. (laughs) It could be ours, but it's it's kind of like very thin. It's, you know, pardon my French, it's like a needle dick. But then Florida's, (laughs) that's just that dad dong hanging off the East Coast. Yeah, it really we won't make is. any more phallic references, people. But speak for yourself. I just, uh, I just wanted to look into it. I was very interested, so I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to start way back. Please do. It's. I was honestly somewhat blown away, and I might say some names that are kind of. Uh, I don't want to say eccentric, like kind of like crazy names. And towards the end, I just went back and forth, like oh. Same. These people did this. It, don't worry too much. I'll keep you interested. 
We should start on the tectonic level. Oh, I do. So on the okay. Florida formed. Go ahead. The Florida Plateau was formed around 530 million years ago. So it's a combination of wow. volcanic, so volcanic activity, and then marine sediments. And Florida, if you notice, it's off on the east coast, southeast coast. When there was Pangaea, some people don't believe in it. I don't blame you. That sounds kind of crazy to me. Sounds like a United Nations for sounds like United a, Nations for dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what the fuck, Pangaea? Florida was wedged in between where South America met with North America and Africa. Interesting. So, I didn't look this part up, but I guess you could find fossils in Florida from Pangaea days that are related to Northwest Africa, or I don't know which part of Africa, and then South America. Interesting little fact. I wish, yeah, that is interesting. I like how it all fits together. When you look at the outline of the continents, they do kind of fit together. So, um, during the last ice age, sea levels were a lot lower. Florida was actually three times the size. I said we wouldn't make any more phallic references, but <laughs> if you just picture Florida way more chode, that's what it looked like. Yeah, way more chode. That's and incredible. It was kind of a savanna. Okay, interesting. Um, <clears throat> I'll touch on that in a second. So with that marine sediment, that's where we get a lot of the limestone. So the sea levels were rising, then they're going back down. All of this uh, marine life dies, calcifies, and forms the limestone. And if you're from Kentucky, hope a lot of our listeners are, Limestone erodes really easily. So, I guess it's carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And then the rain traps it. It forms, I don't know, like carboxylic acid or some shit like that. But erodes. And so, Florida, it's one of the lowest states as well. But there's a lot of caves, um, underwater caves, underwater sinkholes. And hmm. like I'll see videos lately. Sorry, my dog's sneezing in the background. Like, there's videos out there of people just, you know, kind of swimming down. There's, like, an inconspicuous hole in the ground that comes from a spring. And they jump in. They're recording it with a GoPro. They swim, like, 30, 100 feet down. It's this clear, pristine water that connects to other cave systems. In Kentucky, because it's a higher altitude, it's actually, like, caves as we know it. But Florida creates this, like, weird sinkholes. Also, I was wondering, like, flying over it, why everything the neighborhoods are like kind of planned out you know and there's water in between and i think that uh-huh. that developers have to kind of scoop the earth and excavate it so that it's solid ground so that it's higher up so then that's where the, that's why the water is yeah there. i didn't i didn't come across anything but i feel like early settlers or maybe early developers encountered a lot of issues with just uh not stable ground yeah, they just they basically build on top of levees. Yep. Uh, this is interesting. I had the fact checkers look, and a Florida sinkhole that claimed a man's life in 2013 has just reopened. Is it reopened for tourists? In 20, 
<laughs> Apparently, yeah, you can go in and, and see his body. Apparently, it fatally swallowed a man who was sleeping in his own home. Can you can you imagine just just sleeping in your nice Florida home? You're probably a retiree. You've just been like, you know, having unprotected sex with all the old women in your yep. neighborhood, and then <laughs> you just get swallowed by a sinkhole. You're running train, in running train on the retirement homes in the area, and then you get your house collapse on you yeah. in the middle of the night, probably in the middle of the day. He was probably sleeping through the days. Yeah, they never found his body, either. He's probably living down there in in the sinkhole. He's formed. He's made a society. Yeah. Anyway, so, so, so it's built. You know, it, it's we've got it from the tectonic level, and obviously it's on shaky ground over yeah. there. What's next? Yeah. The, I mean, the highest point in Florida is like a hill, and I think that's in northern Florida. It's like closer to Alabama or Georgia. The Everglades weren't even formed until like 5,000 years ago. Again, that's just sea levels, the climate changing. Um, interesting fact, the sand on Florida's beaches originally comes from the Appalachian Mountains. So it's like a quartz, oh, a cool. clear quartz-rich sand. That's part of the reason, too. I don't know the way it works. I don't know how the rivers flowed. Florida's a super low place, so... Guess shit was just flowing towards Florida back in the day. Yeah, I don't know the years on that. Thousands really? of years ago, and that's part of the reason. Like gl- glacial, yeah, glacial runoff. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Florida has better beaches around the entire coast, and they they they'll bring sand from other parts in Florida, but it has incredible sand, mm-hmm. and so that's where it's from, Appalachia, which is crazy. Okay, that's the incredible. sand in Florida was given by Kentucky. Give it back. Yeah. Reclaim the sand. <laughs> Give us our sand. Reclaim the sand. Reclaim the sand. You are you listening, Ron DeSantis? We want our sand back. Yeah, buddy. We're taxing your sand. <laughs> so the first humans to arrive in Florida got their estimated uh, archaeological remains sometime around twelve thousand years ago. Long time ago. So that was during the Ice Age. And I mentioned Florida was like a big savanna. I'm not going to say what it was shaped like, but it was big, and it probably had a better, more like temperate climate than a lot of the other places in the United States. They get there, also didn't look this up, but probably the last, or the second to last state to have humans on it. Because it's, well, if they're they're coming down from like the the Bering Strait, right? Mm -hmm. I guess they're coming on what is now the West Coast. So then they have to somehow make it across. That's interesting. So second to Hawaii, of course, which people didn't get to until like 1000 AD. During the time when it was a savanna, huh. there was giant megafauna. And this is one of those crazy things about history is early humans. They talk about it a decent amount in uh, if anyone's ever read Sapiens. But humans were mm-hmm. coexisting with these huge megafauna. The main ones we know are uh, mastodons, uh, mammoths. Yeah, mammoths. In Florida, saber-toothed tigers. Saber-toothed, saber-toothed tigers. Cats. All of those motherfuckers, pardon my French, existed in Florida, and it's thought that <laughs> the humans were just kind of following these huge beasts 
and hunting them. And they eventually ended up in Florida, which was a huge savanna. It's a great place for these huge animals, whatnot. Um, there were giant, giant armadillos, mastodons, saber-toothed tigers, camels. Camels? Again, for the people that don't know, camels and horses evolved in what is now like the United States. And then they crossed over to Central Asia, the biggest plain in the world, the steppe region. And then they got extinct. They were made extinct from overhunting. Did did we? What's that? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, did we overhunt them in America? All of them, it's like a combination of climate change and hunting. But I would assume that that was, I would say, is the bigger factor is humans hunting them. Well, I would rather try to kill a horse than a saber-toothed tiger. Easily. You know, <laughs> that's that's much easier to hunt, I would But assume. that's the scary thing is that these first Florida dudes, they're dire wolves. So dire wolves, look them up. They're bigger than regular wolves. Saber-toothed tigers. Really? Bigger than regular tigers. There were lions. And then there was something called the giant short-faced bear. Biggest bear to ever exist. Oh, cool. So the first Floridians, they were true. They were kind of like Floridians now. They were just insane. Yeah. You had to be insane to to take on the dire wolf. I'm looking at this, and these are absolutely huge. Yeah, twice the size of a wolf. And I mean, if you've ever seen a wolf yeah. next to a dog, a wolf is like four times the size of your household dog, even if you've got a big dog. The dire wolf, yeah. eight times the size of your dog. It, ha- it says it has a bite force stronger than any known canine species today. And they would prey on large mega herbivores like like uh, ground sauce, mammoths, bison. That's so interesting. So these, like you said, these Florida guys, they're crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, they followed the herds to this giant savanna, and then they're like competing with dire wolves for food. Yeah. It. Uh, wow. Life back then honestly does sound a lot cooler yeah well, in reality it until you get probably was very harsh and unforgiving and i could picture dire wolves having no problem just snacking on a whole family but it sounds really cool. <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it happened so how interesting combination of overhunting and climate change different you know the ice age ends everything changes um the megafauna kind of die out. And the natives that live there uh, slowly moved into farming, but of course the agricultural revolution is going to reach any uh, any American tribes later than, say, European or Asians. They have, uh, I don't know, like much more contact with other humans and other civilizations. Yeah. So... That's basically what they know about the first native tribes. They have. They were probably just hunters and ga- hunter and gatherers then. I would. Yeah, assume. yeah. Because when they visited, there mm. were, of course, farming tribes, but that had to have come way later. Yeah. The interesting. The first people. So there's three main ones: the Calusa. They're known as the Shell Indians, and all of these are kind of grouped together too because. They're Spanish explorers who, you know, uh, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, spoiler alert: the Spanish got there first, but Ponce de Leon. Ponce de Leon, you're right. Uh, so the the three groups: the Calusa, they were shell Indians. They um, they mostly just I don't know, like they had a lot of shell art that we're still finding. Interesting, oh, cool. like archaeological. Um, so they were around like Naples, Charlotte, Charlotte Harbor. So that's Southwest Florida. So near Myrtle Beach, where we've been before. Oh yeah. Also, interesting fact: Sam and I, about three years ago, ripped it up in Florida. Oh yeah. And that's you know at the hi- at the height of the pandemic. <laughs> like I said, if if the, any listeners we have all, been to we Florida, all got COVID. Yeah, we, we all everyone got COVID. Florida has its own COVID. It's like merged with yeah, it's malaria, and it still exists. So the Calusa Indians. So we have the sh- we have the Shell tribe. Calusa okay. Indians. They're okay. like Southwest Florida. <clears throat> Timucuans. I believe they were. They were kind of just East Florida. And then the Appalachian. And the Appalachian actually, they're still Appalachian descendants. I read about 300 that still exist. So people who can mm. say they're full-blooded Appalachian Indians. I wonder if they still speak their language. I think they do. It seems like they have a good cultural, like a rich cultural heritage. Because, so they were oh, Northwest cool. Florida, and they had some of the later contact with uh, European immigrants, or Europe, <laughs> European settlers, colonials, I don't know what you'd want to call them, just colonizers. Colonizers, just people coming in, killing everyone. They kind of got the warning early enough to get out of there. So the modern hmm. Appalachians, who were originally Floridians, they live in Louisiana now. Okay. And they still exist. You can like look them up, proud culture, it's kind of awesome that they're still alive. Crazy. It really is. That's uh, another crazy thing I saw. So around the Okeechobee Basin, so Lake Okeechobee, giant lake, freshwater lake in the middle of Florida. Around that basin, there were these Indian tribes that were cultivating corn and maize. And they did it in such a similar way that... Uh, Historians and like archaeologists now are wondering if there's like similarities between South American tribes who cultivated maize and Floridians around the Okeechobee Basin. That's like if they had like if they had like a larger culture, like a shared culture. Yeah, yeah, that maybe they uh, they like traveled through the Caribbean and got to Florida. Oh wow. Um, Mississippian cultures, so the mound builders, they arrived around a uh-huh. thousand years ago, so thousand AD, well before any Europeans got there. But uh, Mississippians, like I said, they're mound builders. They're kind of uh, they're easier to categorize to historians. Uh huh. Yeah, they they often get associated with Cahokia. If anyone has heard of Cahokia, any of our listeners, uh, it's essentially um like a giant like a mound complex um that was that was i think it's in illinois okay uh so yeah yeah your, your neck of the woods yeah uh and but they've like you said the mound builders their influence i think kind of spread all over all over the country really and i think it was it's amazing huge, to think about a huge these, empire these, 
Yeah. I would even say For, uh, Essentially, yeah. Probably. It's it's amazing to think about, like, trade networks and huge empires and groups of people going all over the United States, like, during the medieval period, yeah. you know? They were just living. And also people... They were just living. They didn't have to deal with the Black Plague. I think, uh, I think a lot of folks nowadays look at... Um, I'll say Indian civilization. I'll say the word Indian a lot and just don't... like. Also, so there's two still recognized tribes, the Seminoles and the Makokski in Florida, mm-hmm. and that's recognized by the Office of Indian Affairs or Indian Affairs Office. I don't know what it's called now, but that's still the name. So Bureau of Indian Bureau of Indian yeah, don't, Affairs. Don't get upset with us if we say Indians. We're talking about the natives, <laughs> not people from India. First people. Yeah. So that brings us to our... Okay, so we've got... What's that? No, okay, I was just trying to catch up, so we've got... And so... That brings us to... Okay. Speeding forward a lot, <laughs> a lot of years. A lot of years. About like 500 years since the last date, I said. Our homie, or should I say our hombre, Juan Ponce de Leon. Spanish explorer. Hell yeah. And he... So he was like a... I don't want to say contemporary. Um, Columbus never got to the American mainland. He was he was like messing around the Caribbean. I don't know where exactly. That was part of my early research. I figured out where he landed, but Columbus, shitty. Ex- he sucked dude, anyway. Columbus sucked. All these other dudes, yeah. even though they're all pieces of shit, like they're all cooler than him. Columbus was, I mean, there. <laughs> we, we talked about this in one episode before how there are people on Columbus's yeah. ship who were super cool with genocide killing everyone and they were like this Columbus fella is doing it a little too hard this is yeah he, he's he's enjoying it yeah yeah <laughs> this guy's a weirdo so but it's it's Ponce de Leon mm-hmm. and I somehow remember that from like fourth grade that he was discovered Florida was he searching for the fountain of youth that's or is that a myth um that's so that is a true there were people who were searching for the fountain of youth and i forget the origins of that but there were europeans who were looking for that i don't it's there's like a whole it's like a misnomer mixed with people who were actually looking for it couldn't tell you yeah juan ponce de leon i don't know what he was looking for he but he he was aware of columbus because the Spaniards sent Columbus. Columbus was Italian. Juan Ponce de Leon heard about Columbus's adventures, expeditions, and he kind of wanted to copy it. So they went via the Magellan Strait, which looks like it's almost just straight across the ocean. These are some of the most daring naval expeditions in history, honestly, because they're going mm-hmm. across sailing the whole ocean. I mean, yeah, sailing into the unknown. Because normally. Normally, in nearly all of history, I guess maybe the Vikings, the Phoenicians maybe did that. Mostly just the Vikings. People would kind of stay close to the coastland. But then these early European explorers mm-hmm. were just going across the ocean. This was, I mean, this is like yeah, once incredible. huge, actually huge ships became a thing. Um, I mean, the Vikings, the Vikings crossed to like Nova Scotia. 
they crossed in like Viking warships. That's pretty fucking That's insane. Nuts. So crazy <laughs> to think about that, man. Uh, yeah. I was... Okay, so he. What's that? So he he's getting to Florida, and and, and I had the fact checkers do some do some looking on our friend Juan here, and apparently he first came to America as a gentleman volunteer with Christopher Columbus during his second expedition in 1493. Okay, okay, so, so he'd he, been there before. He does he. Yeah, he does have a tie with Columbus, but he apparently comes to Florida. I would I would guess in the fifteen hundreds. Yeah, that's fifteen thirteen, April fifteen thirteen. He called it La Florida, which is cool that that name stuck, and it's yeah that is cool. named after Pascua Florida, the Feast of the Flowers, which is a uh, Easter time celebration, Easter celebration in oh, Spain. Oh, cool. And so it's April, around the time of Easter. He's like, hell yeah, this is a cool place. In 1521, so that's eight years later. So he went back home, talked up Florida, came back with 200 people, 50 horses, and uh, everywhere I look, it says beasts of burden. That's probably something that was actually documented. He tries to colonize Mm -hmm. it, but it doesn't work. So you'll see that a few times, and then... Once those Spaniards, pretty much as soon as they get a mission in, they're there to stay. Which is yeah, because they're they're heavily tied in with the Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he tries. He tries to. In 1521, he tries and fails. Mm-hmm. And they just keep trying, I guess, over the next couple. Yeah, of years. I think I think he died pretty soon after that. But. You know, like Juan Ponce de Leon came back because Columbus came there. So once people are starting to hear yeah. about this shit, they they Jazzy stop. Jazzy loves beer. I crack a beer and it spills a little, and she's like, "Oh my god, mm. don't give your dogs beer because they'll do love it. it just like us because they're dogs. <laughs> they're addicted." Um, brings us to a guy named. So this is like some of the name. Like I'll, I recorded a bunch of their names, and I was like, uh, after a little bit, I'll just kind of like go to nations. But Hernando de Soto. Another uh, Spaniard went mm-hmm. looking for gold. I think that there was other expeditions, probably into South America, that were starting to find gold. I don't know. I didn't look. <laughs> I didn't look that up. But basically, so 1539, <laughs> De Soto comes looking for gold, doesn't find shit. But because uh, because of like his maps and his descriptions of Florida, it helped a lot for. The later Spanish ships, so the nearer later, so like 1550s, I don't know the years. Basically, they started using the Keys in southern Florida as like stoppage points, and they'd ride the Gulf Stream. So the Gulf Stream goes all the way along uh, the eastern United States, and then it peels off northeast and kind of leads you directly back to Europe. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Fast forward twenty, another twenty years. So this guy, he died. He died somewhere around, uh, somewhere around the Mississippi River. So he gonna get it. Desoto. Fifteen fifty nine. Tristan de Luna e Arellano. He tried settling the Pensacola Bay. So that's northwest. It's on the Panhandle. Failed after two years. Then 
the French people. Well, you can't do shit. In, you can't do shit in Florida. You can't do shit apparently. in Florida, man. <laughs> Everything's trying to kill you. There's, I mean, I like yeah. to believe there were still some saber toothed tigers or something roaming around there, just yeah. you know, munching on them Europeans. They got that sweet blood. Uh, I would love to. I would love to see a Spanish colonizer just get destroyed by a dire wolf or trampled by a, a wild horse. Yeah. <laughs> a mammoth just comes up and destroys a whole. <laughs> Stomps him. Um. So, okay. So, so the they they keep settling, and you said, did you say the French move in? Yeah, the French. The French start hearing about this, and they go, "I want in on this action." Mm-hmm. You can always trust the French. To our French listeners, we mean no offense at all. The French, you know, they're like, hey, we want to get in on this. I know we're late to the party, but we want to make our own party at the party. And then they're just smoking their cigs in the corner. A couple of fellows named yeah. uh, John Rebolt and Rene Goulan de Landillon. God, that's aggressively French. That name is so fucking French. And I pronunciation on those i'd give myself a four out of ten but that's how they'll be known from now on yep of course the french the french are like oh there are good beaches down there Mm -hmm. like let us go to the beach they're just going around naked all the native peoples are looking at them like what are they doing don't they know having affairs with married yeah (laughs) having affairs with with married native women this is so the so the this is still yeah this was still mid 1500s that's 1562 these two fellows and they established what's called Fort Caroline and that's near okay. Jacksonville Florida Spain Sweet Caroline Sweet Caroline that's when the song was written huh. and yeah I know I just white, burped a little white bit. people love it white people love it why because the white people made it yeah. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. So they got. So they're. they're That's the thing too. Is Caroline was a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah. That's these French people are naming the Ford after they so. write the song. Come on, guys. Come on. Have some respect. I know. I know it's the sixteen hundreds, but come on. So they. So they're. They're sitting in Fort Caroline. Yeah. Uh, Spain. So it's like there's. <laughs> It's weird how there's correspondence. I don't understand it. It has to be over the course of years, right? Yeah. Because the voyage is long already. It takes months. I'm guessing a month, two months to get to the coastal lands from Europe. And it's going to take two months to get anything back. Eventually, Spain hears about this in 1565. They send uh, Pedro Menendez de Avias to make a permanent settlement. And so he makes San, San Augustine. And this is the first European settlement that lasted in the United States. Oh, St. Augustine. Yep. Okay, interesting. That's the, that's the first one that worked. And also, I think, uh, oh yeah, that Ponce de Leon actually landed around there as well. And it kind of works. It's on the East Coast, Northeast Coast, close to yeah. Europe. It's it's easier to get dudes in and out. The Fort Caroline is closer to Naples. Or wait, no, Fort Caroline is close to Jacksonville, but still further from Europe and whatnot. So Spain sends this Menendez guy to go rough up the French. 
How easy was it? Super easy. They kick out the French, burn down their fort within a couple of years, maybe a year. Destroy the French, burn it all down. And this Menendez guy, a lot of the pages don't talk about him the way he was, but he was a horrible, horrible person. Killed any Frenchman, any combatant that he saw. And that it almost makes Holy it sound shit. like he spared people who were willing to says he spared people who were willing to swear loyal to Catholicism. But it's like, oh, so he's how does he's how the like fuck a, does a Native uh, American know what Catholicism is in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he was just killing people all over the place. Like he's like a holy warrior, you know. They were the Spanish were great at that. Yeah, and like forced conversions and you know, you can do a lot. You can commit a lot of atrocities when it's to someone who's not a person in your eyes because they're not a Catholic. And I think this is some of the... Um, <clears throat> definitely happened before this, but some of the beginning of smallpox getting introduced to natives yeah. in the United States. That they're just kind of intentionally bringing disease, intentionally and unintentionally killing a lot of the natives, scaring them. This is around the time that the Appalachian Indians get out of there. Um, and then from then on, so Spain, the San Augustine, St. Augustine, that city, it's still a city, and it used to be a mm -hmm. big fort. Yeah. First American fort, first American, first fort made by the Europeans in the United States. You move forward, okay. the English hear about it. So this is like 11 years later. The English hear about it, and they send Sir Francis Drake. And that name rings a bell, and I don't know why. Do you know, who's Sir well, Francis Drake? Here, I had hey, to get Boone. the dog. So, sir, yeah, it's Boone. Boone's here. He, he, he said, Sir Francis Drake, I know that name. So Sir Francis Drake was an English privateer during uh like during Queen Elizabeth's reign and uh he essentially like they were at war with the Spanish. This is about the time that the Spanish Armada tried to invade England. Okay. Um so he's going up and down like the Atlantic fucking with the Spanish and at several points he actually like attacked the giant Spanish treasure fleets. So so a big part about like Spain in in the New World is that they're just gold mining the shit out of like South America. They're taking all of the like material wealth out of South America and they're shipping it back in these giant like treasure galleons, which are huge ships. And he, he one of, he was most famous for attacking a bunch of these ships and stealing a ton of money. That's crazy that he, went he would go all the way to yeah. the North American continent just to harass the Spaniards. Oh yeah, and he, he I mean he stole like so much fucking money and he would give most of it back to the to the English crown and that's I think that's why he ended up becoming a knight Sir Francis mm -hmm. Drake um, yeah back then it used to be harder to get knighted now John or uh, like Bono's a knight yeah now you just have to like play Magneto in X-Men yeah come on you used to have to do cool shit and uh, even, so even this uh, sir, I'm not even going to call him sir. Because that sounds like I'm, Frankie. that sounds like I'm speaking up to him now. I'm speaking, 
Speaking of level <laughs> to this fella, Andy's dead anyways. So Francis Drake, he burnt down, I think he burnt down the San Augustine fort, but they the Spanish had already made a military fort there. Okay. By 1600, the Spanish nearly completely control the southeastern United States. And it's interesting what their motives are. I guess they're colonizing it. They're making these missions, trying to convert everyone to Catholicism. But like you mentioned, their main interest is in South American and Central American gold. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're really... Um, actually, just kidding. The <laughs> Why did they? Why were they interested in the Southeast United States for slaves? There is a huge slave industry. So each one of these fellows, too, is coming back with tons of slaves. And there's... I came across this horrible, horrible, it was a uh, story of this whole town. So the Spanish arrived. I don't know if it was the Menendez fella, but the Spanish came to this Native American village in probably around Georgia, northeast Florida, and everyone left except for this grandma and her daughter, and they had a child. And it was like the grandma tried stabbing them and they shot the grandma and then the mother wouldn't leave the child so they just took the kid and then there was no documentation of the kid afterwards the kid just died you know this this shows you kind of how florida i'm gonna say it before the end of it cozy topic but all of these spaniards (laughs) and europeans coming not very cozy i mean it's it's like they're using all of their colonies in the new world is a big bank basically they're like what can we take from this area gold silver what what okay florida doesn't have gold or silver it has people yeah you know and, and if you and if you can't convert them you know you'll just fucking enslave them that's that's just crazy man all but hey crazy thing, guess guess what this crazy thing that i noticed what? too while I was researching this, especially if you like think about United States proper, Florida was pretty much under Spanish control for longer than it's been part of, definitely under Spanish control for longer than it's been part of the United States. Wow. Just a little glimpse into history. It's kind of like when Caesar, when Caesar, or I don't know if it's like Alexander or Caesar was looking at the pyramids I guess it would be Alexander, right? The pyramids were as old to him as Alexander is old to us now. But this is like a yeah, microscopic yeah. view. So that's that's uh yeah, that's like a Cleopatra thing. So Cleopatra yeah, Cleopatra the the pyramids had been built like Cleopatra was what? She was about 2000 years ago from mm-hmm. us. The pyramids when she when Cleopatra was looking at the pyramids, they were built like three thousand years before that. Yeah. <laughs> so Which is crazy. Think about the pyramids. Like that's ancient, ancient history the to her. The pyramids are Florida and the Spaniards built it and that's ancient you know, it's like ancient history to us now. I'm just trying to blow your mind. Uh huh. Take Hey, you're blowing go it. Go grab an <laughs> I'm blowing it. Fuck. Go grab another beer. I'm fella. blowing it. Pause it. Florida's blowing. Go grab another beer. Because we're about to talk about Jamestown. 1607, yes. the English land in Jamestown. 1620 in Plymouth. And Plymouth is really far away from the southeast, but 
there is definitely correspondence between these English, and they basically own everything in between. There's Roanoke. Mm-hmm. Where's Roanoke? That's like yeah. South Carolina. Jamestown, Virginia. Roanoke was South Carolina, right? I don't know. Maybe. They all disappeared anyway. I'll get the fact checkers on it. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> but all of this English... Yeah, it is Virginia. This English um, influence... Oh, I, was wrong, I was wrong then. But this English influence, they start pushing the Spaniards down and basically to the south of Florida. They still own all of Florida. And this jumps forward 100 years. So the Spanish are colonizing all of Florida for 100 years from the six, wow. 1600 till 1700. Colonel James Moore, an English fellow, clearly James Moore doesn't get any more English than that. Yeah, um, it doesn't. He gathers a bunch of his Carolinans, so south and north didn't used to be a difference, and a bunch of Creek Indians, and they push and attack St. Augustine. Um, that was like 1719. Seems like they didn't really have an effect. Uh, I don't think they were able to push the Spanish out. Then 1740, there was another attack from like a Georgia militias. Yeah, so they're start, they're starting to push back against this, the the English at this point are pushing back against the Spanish. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, we're. Yeah. You know, 1740, this is what we definitely study as more solidified American history. So what they'll teach in, say, you know, U.S. history yeah. middle school classes or AP U.S. history. There, There's a serious threat of these Spanish, and the Spanish are making tons of money, like Sam mentioned earlier, just piping that gold out of South America mm-hmm. and using southeast u.s florida specifically as kind of like a checkpoint in between before you get back on the gulf stream that you mentioned Mm -hmm. to go back to go back up that makes sense so the britain britain the britain the british (laughs) the britain the britain they don't even get control of spain until 1763 and it's not for long um so they they won Cuba in the Seven Years' War, and they traded it for Florida. Which this is this is what a lot of people call the French and Indian War in America. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the same thing. Oh, really? The Seven Years' War in the seventeen isn't it like the seventeen sixties seventeen sixty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make sense because it's because um, this is when we start seeing like a, I don't know, a more serious. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because it was right before the end of like the Revolutionary War. Okay. Yeah, we just call it the French Indian War in the U.S. for whatever reason, but it was actually more global. You know, obviously it's taking place. You know, they're swapping Florida around. Um, yeah, same war basically. Um, basically. All of the Spaniards that were in Florida, and there was a lot of them, they abandoned their missions, they abandoned their forts, and like their pretty well armored forts disappear. And the Native Americans, the Creek Indians, so 
around like Carolinas, Georgia, mm-hmm. a big tribe of them, a big like movement of these pretty much refugees moved south into Florida. And this is what becomes the Seminole Indians. The Seminole Indians were originally a Creek Indian tribe. So from Georgia? Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. southeast Georgia, the Carolinas. Um, yeah, okay. Which is, yeah, it's crazy that pretty much the only, I don't want to say the only because it's nearly impossible to look all the way into it all. But the only, one of the only lasting tribes that exists in Florida is actually from South Carolina. And I'm sure the Spanish had a huge role in that. They were just going through trying to kill anyone. So finally, thank God, you know, post Seven Years War, French and Indian War, whatever you want to call it, the good old U.S. of A., mm-hmm. which, I mean, you can have your... We we have said several different opinions about the U.S. The US on this podcast. But um, it's a historical fact that it shows up in the 1770s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that has to... Something has... That has to do with Florida eventually. Surely. Like you mentioned, it was totally um, a global conflict. You can... Also, it's... It happens right next to each other. It kind of like... This global conflict and these coalitions go on, and uh, so only 20 years after Britain takes Florida and these quote-unquote American settlers, so people who have actually been in the states, North American continent, whatever the fuck you want to say, move in. 20 years later, after the American Revolution, we had a uh, treaty with Spain and France because Spain was inadvertently working against us i'm sure just to get those ports to get their little halfway points their halfway houses in florida there's always been halfway houses (laughs) in florida so 1781 at the end of the revolution we give florida back to spain because as like a as a thank you um that actually like so spain took pensacola in 1781 and then 1784 so 1784 is the actual end of the yeah. revolution, and that's when we officially give it back to Spain. It's like non-aggression. Okay. You can have uh, you can have Florida stop attacking us, please. <laughs> um, and around this time, they the Americans, quote unquote, kind of like completely left Florida, but. A lot of people ended up coming back in. They the Spaniards offered freedom to slaves they kind of wanted to colonize it more and there's a bunch of freed slaves and they offered a bunch of land grants and a bunch of english americans came in and around this time started settling Hmm. again andrew jackson so this is moving forward another 30 or so 34 years andrew jackson comes in he's obviously wanting to consolidate the mainland United States, North American continent. This is when he's. This is when Andrew Jackson is president. Not yet. So 1818, Not yet. the okay. first Seminole War, and uh, they took huge losses. I mean, the first Seminole War and the second one. Um, Andrew Jackson goes in, attacks all of these Seminole tribes. He's also attacking the Spanish, but I think his main losses were from the Seminoles. And then 1821, three years after this war starts, 
Florida is part of the U.S. for good. Did, did we buy it from Spain or? I think it was like military was... aggressions. I'm sure there was some sort of treaty that went on, but basically it was a military effort that we won out. So from, from what I understand about this period of Florida history, this is, and you mentioned the, so the Seminole Wars, this is when the U.S. Army pre-Civil War is just going all over Florida and just trying to clear it of Native Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the same time when you end up seeing like the Trail of Tears and everything. Yep. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's, I'm with you. I'm caught that's, up. Uh, so that's 1784, or no, no, just kidding, just kidding. 1818, and then 1821, permanently part of the U.S. They make a capital of Florida in Tallahassee because it's halfway through Pensacola. As we mentioned before, that was a permanent fort in St. Augustine, St. Augustine, San Augustine, whatever you will. There's Florida split into East and West Florida, and Tallahassee's in the middle. So that's why Tallahassee is the capital. Interesting fact. Mm. Then we okay. bring it to when uh, Andrew Jackson, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson actually Andrew, is Andrew, president. Andrew Jerks. Andrew, Andrew Jerkson. Jerks a lot. Andrew Jackson sucked, <laughs> people. I want you to realize that. He rattled when he walked because he got shot a lot. People didn't like him. He was in a lot of duels. Yeah. Look up look up the Petticoat Affair if you really want to laugh about Andrew Jackson. So he's, he's in office now. He's in office. Though, I guess. The Second Seminole War, and this is around, I think... The Trail of Tears, when that this is around that time, so 1835 to yeah. 1842. So this part of the Trail of Tears, he wanted to kick all of the natives out of Florida. But, I mean, it's probably also just this advantage of being a huge peninsula and you're moving in from the north, and they're just backed up as far as they can go to the There's, south. Yeah. Florida, also a very different landscape and terrain than the rest of the United States, especially that they'd explored to that point. So that ends in 1842. Huge loss of men. Apparently, the U.S. spent 20. It said it says over 20 million dollars. I don't know if that would be converted wow. to today's money, but just billions of dollars, modern money, to try to get the Native Americans out, but they couldn't. A lot of them moved, um, quote unquote, at their own will. They're kind of just probably getting out of the war, and then a lot of the other natives fled into the Everglades where they knew uh, these white people couldn't survive. They had no clue how to survive. So that's, yeah, that like coincides with the Trail of Tears around then that, of course, this Andrew Douchebag was part of. Huh. And, um, yeah, so around this time, Florida has 55. So this is like brings us into more, I don't want to say modern U.S. history, but U.S. history that people are familiar with. In the 40s, 1840s, Florida has a population of 55,000 people, half are slaves. 1845, right after the Second Seminole War, Florida's finally declared a state of the U.S. Their first governor was William D. Mosley. Didn't look up any... Wow, what a white, what a white name. Didn't look up anything about him, but I can guarantee you guys go look him up. He's a douchebag. 
Yeah, William D. Mosley is like the whitest. It's it's like um, your friend who has a super lame dad. Mm-hmm. His name would be William Mosley. Yeah, and you like he doesn't. He's not. He's not even funny. He doesn't even make dad jokes. Yeah, you make he's fun of him because you're like, Dude, your dad's weird. Yeah, he does model trains. You hang out. You hang out at his house every now and then. But you're like, dude, your dad creeps me out. Like I, yeah, I like for real. I don't want to come back here. But every time your dad comes in the room, he talks about salt and cabbage. Yeah, he talks about. He probably talks about World War Two or the Civil War. But that's like, or he do, can or, do that cool. Or he pulls a Bobby Bacala. He does a Bobby Bacala, and he just does trains. Yeah, but we love Bobby Bobby Bacala. Bobby Bacliari here. Yeah. We love that guy. If you haven't watched The Sopranos, watch it. Steve Sharippa and Willie Boy. Moving forward to 1860, <laughs> so this is like 15 years after Florida becomes a state. They're already questioning it. This is the election of President Lincoln. How many Floridians voted for Lincoln? <laughs> Zero. Zero Floridians voted for Lincoln. <laughs> and that's wow. just, I don't know, there's definitely different you had to qualify to vote women weren't allowed to i think you probably still had to be a landowner i don't know but it's just very suspicious screams that there was intervention um corruption (laughs) oh there was definitely there was definitely voter fraud for sure they just wouldn't send any of the lincoln votes to washington dc so florida secedes january 10th 1861 there are 15,000 troops that fought for Florida, 2,000 Union troops. And oh, really? as, like, as hmm. you know, there was no um, Civil War battles in Florida. Florida pretty much was unscathed the entire Civil War. Yeah, I, from what I understand, there was just a few like small skirmishes and, and stuff kind of on the coast. Mm-hmm. And it's some of these like coastal defenses, but no big battles at all. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think um, the Union held San Augustine, St. Augustine, and they had their blockade. But apparently Florida was really important for the Confederacy, so it's like typical Florida shit. There's just really good salesmen, sailors, <laughs> fucking salesmen. There's really good sailors in Florida <laughs> that would sneak through the blockade and bring back tons of supplies for the Confederacy from europe yeah blockade runners yeah they're probably like trying to get more spaniards in there newsflash the south lost the civil war (laughs) and uh federal troops were in florida occupying florida until 1876 um interestingly that's around the time that like tourism started in florida People huh, were, interesting. I guess, people were just hearing about it that there's tons of great beaches, thousands and thousands of miles, not like actual miles, but coastland where once you get into the coast, it's like little dips and coves where there's yeah. tons of land you can uh, like get coastland. They also gave, apparently around this time, like free up until so after the Civil War until World War One, they would do super cheap land. And free land to people who would just come down and cultivate it. I, I pretty much stopped after that because everything after that's almost negligible. But yeah, I hope uh, I hope this was interesting. There's a lot of dates and there's a lot I of back it... and forth, but it's just interesting. Florida 
goes back. I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting. I loved the, like starting out with with a discussion on like the flora and fauna, and the like initial settlers. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I, and talking about the beginning of tourism, the last comment that I'll make is that. To me, I would think that Florida probably changed a lot after World War II when they introduced the interstate system. And Americans really became, you know, they've got disposable income, everyone's got a car, um, and you've got these good roads. I would imagine that's when Florida really took off as a destination. Mm -hmm. Um, When we started kind of becoming like a vacation culture. Uh, That's really interesting, man. I really enjoyed this topic. It was, I, I didn't know that there were French in Florida. Fort Caroline. Yeah, they were barely there. I mean, yeah, they got full. They got fucked they up. They did what by they the could. And of course, yeah. the majority of the French were west of the Mississippi, so that's Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. It's funny picturing French people end up end up in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I well, I I, uh, I agree with what you said earlier. I think it's it's a cozy topic. I love how random it is. And also really interesting, you know. It's got a lot of good tie-ins to, like, colonialism. Yeah, I mean, like, we hit on... So I didn't, like, mention anything about World War II because I, like, I think you're dead on there that Florida really took off and the population blew up. It's the third most populous state in the United States. And it really took off after World War II. That's why I kind of leave a lot of it out. But, okay, we hit on the Spanish-American War. We hit on the French and Indian War. We hit on... The first we Ponce Leon was a um, yeah like a captain under Columbus. Columbus, yeah. The pretty the amazing. First, some of the first settlers, Jamestown, and uh, all the way up. I mean, even up in uh, Plymouth, all of these English, even though so far away, they were kind of nervous about these Spaniards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, pretty incredible. Pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a good job, a good research on your part, really, and a good original topic, and I, which I appreciate. I know Sam's got to go. I'm very jealous. He's gonna go hang out, hang out <laughs> with our, our friend Parker. So that's part of it too. Is our friend Parker, out of years, out of uh, months out of the year, and he used to live in Florida for years, but lives in Florida. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the home of the king. As they say. And I'm not talking about Elvis. I'm talking about Parker. Yeah, before we end this, All right, brother. go grab a beer, crack it. Florida's cozy. And if you haven't been there, just go. Go check it out. Just check it out, pal. What are you doing? Are you are you too busy being broke? Yeah, you can make money in Florida. Go to Florida. Scam people. There's yeah, you can be a scammer. You can, work for, you can work for Ron DeSantis. Just go door to door and Fuck Ron. convince them that... Uh, I don't know that the roof is leaking or something. We just don't tell them that you're that. there, that you're just tell them that you represent President Trump and you need a cash donation, yeah. and you'll probably do extremely well. And he'll just get credit card numbers left and right. Anyways, thank you all. All right, brother. We love you guys, and stay cozy.